Sipping on some 40s, yeah, yeah. Talking about the 40s, oh, yeah. His 40s are 40s, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of 40s on 40s. I'm Seth. I'm Joshua. And today we are having a very special episode. It is the end of season two, which means it's time for our top and bottom five of the season. Oh, yes. So hype. Um, so we do have drinks for this occasion, um, which last time we had champagne, but this time I think we're just, you know, we're going to do a little bit of a throwback here. Last time we were drinking the queen of alcohol. <laughs> what, what was that? Just champagne. Oh, know. that's right. Okay, okay. I'm just trying to make a, a you know, a joke here, a little pun. Oh, okay. Okay, that's fine. It's not, you know, because uh, last was the queen of alcohol, champagne, and now we have the king of alcohol. <laughs> King Cobra. You you damn you damn right it's the king of alcohol. We're going way back. It's yeah. We actually had a story about this last time about how Josh got a lot of this one time and got really drunk off of it. Yeah. But we're gonna uh yeah, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna do this thing. Um additionally, we also have these little adorable chasers of Jack Daniels Tennessee honey. Um, because I think that's probably one of the only types of Jack Daniels that I can actually drink as a shot. Cool. Because I'm a wimp. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, to Jack Daniels. Okay. To other things, it's fine. Um, now, as I uh, recall... Oh, what was that? No. I was going to be like, this is the first thing I got drunk on, but I, my mistake. Similar, it was, um, it was Southern Comfort. It was the first thing I ever got drunk Ah, uh, it's a good call. First thing I ever drank was, uh, Wild Turkey 101, so... There you go. Because you're, you're fucking wild. Because <laughs> I'm a turkey? Is that what the other option is? <laughs> I was just trying to be polite. Really, Seth has this very awkward extra flap of skin <laughs> on his neck. Damn it, why'd you have to say that in front of everybody, Josh? Uh, oh, well, it's okay. I guess the people we're going to know sooner or later. I eat turkey sandwiches for lunch probably three or four days out of the week. I, yeah, same, I make, I make really good sandwiches. I make pretty okay sandwiches. I make sandwiches that are good enough for me. I think if I gave them to anybody <laughs> else, they'd be like, this is literally just bread and some turkey flopped in. And I'm like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I made you a sandwich. Come on. <laughs> the turkey meat was really wet, so now the bread's soggy. <laughs> this is gross. There's some cheese that was trying to keep the sogginess away, but it's also kind of like warped <laughs> and like baked in. The bread's dripping, Seth. <laughs> Seth, you gave you gave me a a forty percent liquid sandwich. What is this bullshit? <laughs> uh, anyway, well enough about my sandwich making skills. Let's. Uh, do you want to do the shots first, or do you want to take a swig first? Let's do the shots first. Well, okay. I'm gonna open. I'm gonna open the beer just to get it ready because I'm gonna chase with the beer probably. That's a good idea. Um, now, last time when we tried to do this, uh, it's very hard to drink these shots. In one go, just because the the opening is so thin, so this, this, I might, yeah. so I might be a wimp and actually do it in two goes, because um, we're going for comfort here and not for for ballsiness. I mean, that's what I thought. If you want to go for ballsiness, I'm down to do. Let's it with go for you. ballsiness. I'm, my my plan is because uh, it just comes out so slowly that you have to really just keep gulping as it's yeah. going down, which is not the greatest, but it's okay. Oh jeez. Okay. Well. Cheers. Bottoms up. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. Oh, man, that's a that's a brutal chaser, dude. Oh, yeah, that was not the best... Uh, oh, man. Not the best combo. That was a rough combo. Um, <laughs> I did not think about that going into it, so... 
Sorry about that. Oh, oh yeah, there you go. Um, all right, so with that out of the way, the hard parts out of the way. Um, so we're gonna do our top and bottom five. Um, but before we do that, I just want to throw out there that we, in uh, this season, we reviewed an awful lot of Christmas songs thrown into the mix. We did. So what I would like to do first is I'd like to actually go over our 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 top and bottom Christmas songs before we go on to the main event here. Okay. So, um, let's start with our least favorite Christmas song and then do favorite Christmas song. Okay. Um, do you want to go first or should I go first? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. So, my bottom Christmas song Mm -hmm. is the, uh, the ex-wife of Nick Cannon. (laughs) Mariah Um, Carey. Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas is you. Okay. Like, her voice is good, but as I critiqued in whatever episode that was, mm-hmm. it just, it's mixed really bad in my opinion. Mm. There's no background and foreground, it's just a huge blob of noise and things clashing. Right. And, I mean, it's, even her voice, it's, the enjoyment I get from her from her voice is diminished by the insane production and... <laughs> <laughs> the insane just, production. You know, the lyrics and melody are not very strong, in my opinion. They're mm. just not. The beginning, I think, is pretty good, pretty great. Okay. But then when the band kicks in, it's just this very middle-of-the-road, popish, annoying thing going on. Right. And I would very much uh, recommend the My Chem version over that one. For sure, for sure the beginning. Yeah. Right, which... Uh... I think I, I think I, I put a sample of it in an earlier episode. Yeah. But if you haven't listened to it, go check it out. It's fun. It's nice and nice and pop punky for you. Um. Well, as luck would have it, that's also my least favorite Christmas song yes. as well. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, you know, Mariah Carey's good. It's just not enough sleigh bell for my liking. You know. I just need more <laughs> sleigh bell in my song. Also, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, those background vocals, God bless them. It's just <laughs> not really, not really doing it for me. It just, it yeah. sounds, it sounds too canned, you know? Mm-hmm. It sounds too much like, it's basically like the equivalent of like a big budget rom-com. Like every time I think of that song, I think of Love Actually, <laughs> like real talk. Wait, with Hugh Grant and mm-hmm. a huge cast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just reminds me of that and, like, how it's, like, so, like, overblown and there's just so much gl- glitz and glamour behind it. It's almost like, it's almost, like, coyingly sweet. It's like if you're a child and you have ten different candies that you like and you're like, I'm gonna just eat them all at the <laughs> yeah, same time. And exactly. Like, crush them into this bowl and eat the goo and it's just bad. <laughs> exactly. It's just bad. And you're like, oh, I think I can taste the parts, the candies that I like the most in here. But it's yeah. still just a blobby, yeah. sugary mess. I agree. Yeah. Um, that was actually a really good metaphor. Nice. <laughs> um, okay, well, I want to say my favorite uh, Christmas song so that okay. I can maybe... Because it might... I was thinking about this, and it might have been your favorite, too. Okay. It's probably pretty obvious what my favorite Christmas song is. It's definitely Last Christmas by Wham. Um, Good Lord. I was listening to it again, and it's so it's funny because my... Good Lord. Good Lord. Yeah, I mean... (laughs) So basically, like, my... my, I have it in my car... Um, the blue, the like Bluetooth is linked to my iPhone, so it'll like play music automatically. And all the songs that we've had on the episodes I've bought, so 
they're linked to my phone, so before I, like, turn on Spotify, like, the songs will automatically play. Yeah. And I remember one day, it randomly chose Last Christmas as the song that it would play. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna let this play. I like it so much. Yeah. It's just, like, the from the second it starts, it, it, even, like, the production is just great on it. And, uh, you know, when George Michael comes in with those vocals, it's just, the, it's just great. It's, yeah. like we said on the episode, you know, like, he just has so much emotion and, and heartfelt, genuine feelings in his performance yeah it's really hard to deny you know and i i think that if it wasn't for his vocals it would probably not be nearly as good of a song as it is oh definitely um because like it's it's pretty formulaic all things considered yeah um but man just just pouring his heart out to that song you know i would say like i would say it's a quality pop record yeah and like the uh, it's also my top. So I'm. Oh really? Talk, so okay, okay. It's like a quality pop record, and the the chords and melodies just happen to be enjoyable and catchy for me. Right. And this is not counting George Michael, so it's already got yeah. a, a leg up. Yeah. And then you throw George Michael into it, and it's just like game over. His voice is yeah. Just I love his voice and the emotion and yeah. I mean, there's slight cheese in the lyrics, but it's just I don't even. If you like taste the cheese because George <laughs> Michael is such a great singer and there's so much like passion and emotion. Right, exactly. Um, and I, one and yeah. one thing that I will say, actually, just to interrupt real quick. One thing that I want to add to, on top of his main vocals, um, I really like the way that the backing vocals happen in the choruses because mm-hmm. they all happen at kind of different places, which makes it kind of more of a surprise when you hear them. Um, like, they don't happen the same consistently on every chorus. Yeah. Uh, which I actually really like. Yeah. Um, I thought it would be, like, weird and off-putting when I first thought about it, but then re-listening to it, it was like, no, it's cool, because then, like, it's almost like when you're singing along to it, there's, like, a different harmony that that's, like, helping you out mm-hmm. each time. Yeah. And it's really, it's really cool. Yeah. Just enough. Yeah. Variety. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost, I was very close to giving my top to The Christmas Song by Nat King Cole. Okay. But upon further reflection, I was like, okay, the, the instrumentation and the way that the lyrics and the vocal delivery and, and the instruments all collectively work together for this, like, childlike magical thing, mm-hmm. as great as it is, <clears throat> I, re- I relate a little more to the sort of heartbreak and the passion of George's voice. Mm-hmm. And also the thing about the um, last Christmas the George Michael song is mm-hmm. like it's not really a Christmas song like it, it's a Christmas song right. because it has a Christmas setting but it works just it works year year long it'll yeah just, it just works any mood or any time yeah whereas the Nat King Cole song it's a little less effective or I'm less likely to want to <laughs> hear it or enjoy it if it's not Christmas time right I feel but, that uh, yeah and yeah it's almost it's almost like in in last Christmas it's almost like Christmas is kind of incidental like it's not yeah. even like it would have to be Christmas for the song to work yeah. Uh, yeah but because it's Christmas you know they've got sleigh bells he says the word Christmas. But honestly, yeah. like, he yeah. says the word Christmas, and that's about it. Yeah. You know, like, it really, if it wasn't for that, it, it, it could work as a totally different song. Right. You could say last summer. You could say any season, really. No. Last Easter, I gave you my heart. <laughs> last <laughs> summer, yeah, anything. Yeah. Um, I have a notable mention. Oh, no, okay, okay. For, so, f- for favorite or least favorite? For Christmas songs. 
Okay. Okay. I don't. I didn't do least remote because like I I couldn't come up with one for both categories. Okay. So I was like, I'm just gonna give a shout out to okay. the one Christmas song, <laughs> and I think you will agree. <laughs> I, if it's what I think it is, then yes. Is we got a shout out. The most wonderful yes. time of the yes. by Andy Williams. Yes. Fucking cha- yeah. chain up those musicians, dude. <laughs> Holy shit. There is just insanity on that oh, track. Oh, God. <laughs> the way you described it was so good. Just fucking, they're, on, they're on all the drugs. Just, give, just, just give them a pound of coke and tell them to go, dude. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> just the drums alone. Uh, yeah. The drums alone, dude. I was like, holy shit. Like, that snare... Like, dude probably had to replace a snare head like three times during that recording. If you're, if you're on, if you, if you're lying in bed in a deep coma and you might not come through, just have someone play that song in the room, in the hospital room, and you will awaken. Just you're like, whoa, what the fuck happened? Uh, yeah, for real, dude. I mean, it's it's one of those songs. I think the reason why I find it so delightful is. Really, by by most by most uh, stretches of the imagination, it's a pretty straightforward Christmas song. <laughs> it's just like, hooray, we're talking about Christmas. We're talking about a time of year that we all enjoy and have a great time. But then you just have these crazy musicians, yeah. fucking just—they're giving the performance of their lives on this track. Yeah, it's it is- like everyone is having this quiet, nice time with family, and then they're <laughs> they're, they're just like. They had the group of children that ate, like, all of the candy <laughs> and just started freaking out. They foamed at the mouth and started spinning heads and vomiting. And it's like, it's just insane. Um, yeah, every instrument is just going bonkers. In fact, uh, is that by Andy Williams? Is that who did that yeah, song? Yeah, Andy Williams. I like, like, listening to his vocals, his vocals don't even sound like they're from the same dimension. <laughs> like, his vocals are so much more chill than the rest of the song. <laughs> like, he just doesn't... He's, he's it's, trying to be suave. Yeah. But the band's just on another level. Yeah. Did you ever see, uh, the, yeah. the did you ever see the first Amazing Spider-Man movie? The one with Andrew, with Andrew Garfield in it? No, I didn't. There's a scene where, like, he's fighting, uh, he's fighting the lizard in, uh, in this, in his school, and they're, you know, throwing each other through walls and stuff, and at one point the fight goes into the library, and you see it from the point of view of the librarian, and they like have their headphones on and they're listening to something and they're like stamping stuff and be like do 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 and then in the background there's just like complete chaos going yeah. on yeah. and he just doesn't even know that's what that's what Andy Williams relation to the rest <clears throat> of the song reminds me of yeah um yeah it's just <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a very uh, a very uh enthusiastic uh, enthusiastic song. It is clearly the most wonderful time of the year <laughs> for the band. You're goddamn right it is. Um, well, cool. Well, so that's, yeah. I think that wraps up the Christmas songs. Yeah. Um, so let's go into, let's get the worst out of the way first. The worst, okay. Uh, so let's do worst. Sure, now, first with the worst. Now, I have some honorable, or I, I think I only have one honorable mention. Uh, for worst, do you have any honorable mentions for this category? I planned one for worst and best, just in case you had some. Okay. Um, yeah, I have one for this category. Do you want me to start, or do you want to go first? Uh, you can start. Okay. You, oh. Nope, I don't have one for the worst. You don't have an honorable mention for worst? No, well, I sort of do. Okay, well, why don't I go first, and if you don't want to do it, then you can just jump into your, your number five. Okay. So... 
my honorable mention for worst was uh, Lights Down Low, which was Max featuring Nash. Okay. Um, the reason why it was an honorable mention and not on my worst is because it was kind of too... It did... It, it was one of those songs where it kind of set out to do something, and it did that something, but basically to the least to the least amount of ability that it could have. Um, generally, generally speaking, I actually had a, a harder time finding my bottom five than my top five this time around. Same, same here, yeah. And a lot of the reason why is because a lot of the songs were just very, very middle of the road. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I felt like this song was, was the most generic out of any of them. I think a lot of the other songs, I at least remembered some parts of them. But when I tried to think about what this song did or what it was about, I just could not for the life of me remember anything about it. Which I think is why it was an honorable mention, is because I didn't remember it as being, as having anything particularly bad, but the fact that it was so completely out of my memory, yeah. I think, made it made it viable for an honorable mention yeah. at least. Um, so yeah, that's what I have to say about that one. So, I kind okay, I do have a notable mention for bad, mm. but I'm I didn't. Okay, so I came with notes so I could remember and talk about these songs. Okay, yeah, yeah. But my honorable mentions, I didn't write notes. Okay. And I'm like currently blanking on the song. Okay. So my it would have been yours by Russell Dickerson. Okay. <laughs> so the most I can really say is it's just your typical garbage country <laughs> country pop ish thing that, okay. does, that doesn't know what it is. Okay. But uh, I can't give a more, you know, insightful critique other than saying yours by Russell Dickerson. Okay. Well, if I might actually go to my bottom five, uh, my number five was actually that song. Okay. You, you will jog my memory. <laughs> I will. Yeah. Yeah. Um, first, first things first, uh, if you could think of, of any amount of cliches to put into a love song, this song basically, like, goes down the checklist. <laughs> It's like walking on the beach, check. <laughs> no way. <laughs> or uh, yeah, it's like uh, it's like you know a lonely boy who's new to the city, check. Right. Came here yeah. with just me and my guitar, check. <laughs> uh, compares love interest to an angel, check. Like <laughs> fucking everything, dude. This song just does literally uh, goes yes. down the list. So, to me anyway, this song was was my bottom five because of how shamelessly. It did every single fucking cliche in the books. Right. And, you know, the production was, it was exactly like, you know, I, I think I said this in our initial episode of it, but it sounds like every Hallmark Channel TV show just, like, melted and and diluted into one song, you know? Every <laughs> Hallmark Channel TV show, <laughs> it was melted with every other lame show. Diluted and then they down. diluted it and they poured at you a glass of it. And, th and then you drink it and you're and like, wow, this is literally it. water. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, like straight up, like it just, um, you know, it had every beat. It had every beat as well as every cliche. It had the swell leading into the chorus. Um, it had the slightly louder chorus in the verses to make it feel more important. Um... He does kind of the swooping with his voice where he's like, like that thing. It's just, it's just, uh, it's, it very much encapsulates the perfect Hallmark Channel song. So, you know, that's why it was in my bottom, bottom five. Okay. Um, 
So my my five number five of the worst five mm-hmm. was uh, Gummo Six Nine. Ah, okay, okay. Um, the thing is, like, okay, I don't want to shit on it just because it's angry and violent and has very negative subject matter, right? But so I basically was like, I understand that we can feel like fuck the world and steal and like fuck people that are in relationships and kill and yeah. light the world on fire. But I generally don't feel those ways. So sure, it's, yeah. it's just, it's hard for me to get down with that. Okay. So it wouldn't have been in my, in my bottom five just for that. But the drum and the, the synth horn motif combined with his vocal delivery, is, yeah. it's like very one note. It is. It's yeah. like literally just this one note the whole time. <laughs> yeah. It's that's like true. he just yell he yell raps his venom right. and the volume and the intonation doesn't change. Yeah. And like a minute in, it just starts being ear grating and it's like, ah, I'm just gonna change the, the change. For sure. So, and it's like a three minute song, right? Right. Um yeah, three to four minute song, yeah. Yeah. I feel that. So there you go. Yeah, um, I completely agree with what you said. Um, my number four um, was uh, the the new Chris Brown song, Pills and Automobiles. Um, okay. Chris Brown featuring literally every second tier rapper from the XXL freshman list that you <laughs> okay. already forgot about but are just right. kind of here. Yeah. yeah. Um... It's like the it's like the B list A team, as it were. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I mean, the reason why this was in my bottom five is probably not a huge surprise. Um, just Chris Brown is just fucking insufferable in this song. Right. He just thinks he's the coolest fucking thing since sliced bread. Yet the only thing that he can say in the choruses is wet. That's it. It's like, fucking, that's it, man. Yeah. And then, you know, he's got the auto-tuned thing in the background, but it's just so auto-tuned, you can't even hear what he's saying. Every single feature on this song sounded exactly the same, and to the point where, like, it's like a four, I think it's like a four-minute song, four and a half, five, and it is just, it's just so, like, mind-numbing. Like, the longer I listened to it, and the longer that Chris Brown was, you know, reminding me that he was wet, I just, (laughs) I just, I felt like I was almost losing brain cells. Right. Like, I felt like it was, it was, it was seeping into my subconscious (laughs) or somehow. Um, And it's, it's just very, it's very one note. It's very uninteresting. um, And just... I don't know. If if Chris Brown is thinking that this is like his big comeback, then, you know, it's supposed, it's supposed to be. The thing is is that there was actually articles about when he released this album that he was like tweeting out like, "Hey guys, be sure to buy my album like in physical release and on the iTunes store to make sure I get more sales." And it's like, dude, your album's like fucking two and a half hours long. Yeah. Like, I don't want to buy that shit on multiple platforms. Yeah. This song alone is too long for me to listen oh, to. Definitely, yeah. Let alone an entire album. I can't even imagine. Um, anyway, I think that's all I had to say about this one. It was just very... It was exhausting, even though nothing happened in it. 
is, right. was basically my maid. Lit, like, literally, if you look at my notes, which I'm gonna try to hide the bottom parts of it, um, my notes just literally say, wet, 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 wet. Right, right. <laughs> and that's it. So, uh, yeah, man, that's, that's all I had to say about that one. <laughs> Well, my number four was Endgame by Taylor Swift. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, so, firstly, comparing songs to storytelling, right? Right. It's like, in a story, you you firstly want to set up the characters that the people are supposed to care about and follow. Yeah. So with songs, it's like, you want to set up a certain vibe that mm-hmm. people are going to start to get into. So the song starts with this, like, slow ballad electro vibe. Right. And then it just changes, like, 30 seconds in. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I was just going to start to try and get into that. Mm-hmm. But then, no, we're going to get this, like, hip-hop guest rap. And then it tries to go back to this sweet Taylor Swift ballad thing. And then yeah. Ed Sheeran pops up. Right. And his verse has literally nothing to do with anyone or anything. <laughs> That's true. So, and then, like, it's like... There's so many, like, fucking... I'm, there's just, like, a thousand triplets in the song. <laughs> a thousand triplets? Triplets. In oh, terms okay. of the rap and the Ed Sheeran, like, song rap section. Huh, Where, you know, I guess they thought it was cool, but it's, you know, I can't I can't take it for more than, like, <laughs> 50 bars. 50 um, bar maximum. <laughs> so, it's like, the song is... It's clearly not written about anyone or anything in particular. Right. It's just, like... It's just a money grab. You got Ed Sheeran and Taylor Swift trying to do this joint project so they can <laughs> get a ton of plays and streams and uh-huh. be cool. Right, and it's exactly. like, I just wasn't having it, okay? Yeah. Um, Not buying what you're trying to sell me. God right? damn it. Josh Rossi is Fuck no off, fool. Man. Also, can we talk about how obnoxious that intro, like, like chant is that Taylor Swift has at the beginning of the song? Um, where she's saying, like, bad reputation. Yeah. Like... That also annoys me. I just... I'm tired of hearing her be, like... Oh, okay, go ahead. Sorry. Like, like, trying to be hard, but, like, not. Yeah. It's just, like, it's, come on, man. It's funny, because I was actually having a conversation with somebody about Taylor Swift, and they and they were mentioning... Oh, we were talking about Taylor Swift compared to, like, Britney Spears. And we were like, Brit- oh my god, Britney is on another level. Oh, for sure, Britney's always been on another level. Um, but we were talking Jeez. about their their uh, their career paths and how they both kind of had like these awkward like uh, media fallouts, but how Britney Spears like recovered and and sort of reinvented herself in order to revitalize her career. Whereas Britney had a sincere emotional troubling time emotionally right. troubling time like that that was real life yeah Taylor like, is it's just like it's, it's just, just some drama. high school gossip really immature bullshit right exactly with, it's like oh god and, I, I can't even stomach it yeah but like the comparison is that Taylor Swift like tried to become somebody else but it's like that's not who she is so like had she actually gone the sincere route she might have produced more genuine feeling music but instead we get like her trying to be hard and like be the bad guy but like doesn't really seem like she wants to be she's just like doing it because it seems like that's the only thing she can do I I can't give good reasons but Britney seems like a real human being to me yeah and as I've said earlier Taylor seems like a weird like a robot alien robot thing yeah it's just I can't 
it's like it's it's hard to tell who she is just because her marketing has so many layers to it that it's like it, it's not even like like who is she but behind all that it's hard to tell you know it's kind of sad you know because like I'm sure she's nice but like behind all the marketing it's like you can't even tell who she is so anyway I don't think she even knows I think she I think she's just this miasma <laughs> there's your vocab word for the day yeah, kids yeah I was trying to think of the vocab word miasma that's a good just, one of just greed and, and marketing ploys it's, yeah. it's gross I don't wanna sorry Taylor yeah there, there's a living being somewhere deep 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 down inside but we just wanna see it you know just show us some of that and then maybe we'll respond better yeah um anyway my number three is uh is <laughs> is Selena Gomez plus three wolves howling moon t-shirt oh don't do that to me <laughs> come on I like that song <laughs> oh sorry Josh alright that was my number three th- yeah my number three really <laughs> yep yeah, Damn, dude. yeah, I couldn't handle that shit, dude. You know what it was God. is that <laughs> if if Josh put that put that as one of his favorites, I'm sorry. Um, no, well, we'll see. Okay, but um, I mean, the reason why it was so it was so low in the list is because first off, as we talked about earlier, you're mixing up your lines. If you if you want to talk about a narrative. <laughs> It's like you're in the jungle, then you're in the alleys, then you're like at the moon, and then you're like She's running. She's using different metaphors, but they none of them work together. You know, like they're all just. She's like, well, maybe I'll maybe I'll throw the wolves one. Maybe you'll get that. No, you don't get that. Okay, well, I'm in an alley. She's crying now. with the wolves. Seth. <laughs> leave her alone. <laughs> insert insert leave Britney alone video. Uh, <laughs> leave her alone. Oh god. No, but like, okay. The other thing too is that it's it's that combined with the with the audacity, <laughs> the fucking audacity in that fucking chorus uh-huh. to literally do nothing but breaths the whole line. <laughs> do you remember that shit? Yes, like, I love it. It's you love funny. it. It's uh, funny. It's funny, but I can't take it seriously. It's not a real. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not it's, a real song to me. To <laughs> The thing though is like, yes, it's funny and too bad, but it's like, if it makes you happy, that's all that matters. But it doesn't make me happy, Josh. It makes me makes me all not right. want to listen to it. Okay. Uh, which like you know, if it makes other people happy, listener, if it makes you happy, that's great. You should keep listening to it. If any of these songs make you happy, you should listen right. to them. Yeah. But I just could not. I couldn't deal with it. Whenever it would come on, man, I was just like, oh, Jesus. Uh, like, like, just just re-listen to that chorus real quick with the, ah, like, <laughs> fucking, it's just, it's too much. It's too much, dude. I couldn't I, take I'm it. Gu- I'm, gu- I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take a little clip of you doing that noise <laughs> and uh-huh. work it into something real funny. <laughs> That I can share with. Oh, please with many do, people. please do. I would love it if you did. <laughs> um, yeah, I just, I don't know, I couldn't deal with it. Between that and the, I think what sealed the deal, honestly, was How the could fucking that be lower than pills and automobiles. <laughs> it, it is. I don't. Okay. Pills and automobiles had a production that at least tried to be banging, at least. Okay. But this song's production just was not. 
you, you're resorting to trap hand claps, and you're doing the build-up into the chorus, and then the chorus just doesn't fucking do anything. You're expecting at least, like, you know, like a... She's searching for him. Or, or whoever that was. Well, I'm not trying to help her find him. That's her own time, dude. She should be telling me about the work that she's done. I don't right. want to do that work for her, man. I'm just trying to listen to some fat beats, you know? I don't right. have time for wolves or howling. Or or dudes with marshmallows on their head. I don't have time right. for that, bro. Right. <laughs> I eat marshmallows. I don't listen to marshmallows. Come on now. Well. Anyway, okay. that was that's just my opinion, though, man. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Um, <laughs> great film. So <laughs> my number three uh-huh. was is Filthy by Justin Timberlake. Wow, that's your number three. You thought it'd be higher. I did think it okay. would be higher. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, now I'm really curious as well, to what your higher ones okay. are. Let's yeah, let's talk about from this. the outset. Okay. okay, you just you think you're gonna be in a rock arena, and mm-hmm. then it goes into this super webby zone that you're trying to acclimate. No, You've now entered the web. Yeah, zone. and then he and then you see this really cheesy ass haters fake real and like super ambiguous, right. super ambiguous pop culture words that he just says. Yeah, in a very synthetic like terrible way yeah and um the webs woozed me I'm gonna, into a <laughs> and it, into a weird discomfort and I, I couldn't get out of it into a, into a shall you say woozy discomfort yeah and um his vocal delivery just in general was very awkward and, and not charismatic or interesting agreed and like he said, like this is not the clean version, and like trust <laughs> upward into the falsetto. It was, and I just I don't know what he was trying. Yeah, to do. yeah. But um, and then the lyrics are have like these really like dumb puns. Like yeah. he's talking about what she's gonna or they're gonna do with the cage and right. the, like or no, what you gonna do with that beast? Like and then right. it's like this weird ungrammatical. <laughs> Phrasing of these bad puns. Yeah. Are you gonna cage the anyway? And then, honestly, there's probably I think I counted correctly. There's like 20 words in the whole song. Wow, really? And he just repeats them. I'm, just I'm, gonna s- go. I'm actually re- I and actually wish you had counted. And um, he keeps ex- he keeps asking the audience if they know what's good. <laughs> and uh, clearly not if they're listening. This to the is song. my no. This is my theory. I think they were asking desperately. <laughs> <laughs> they were desperately asking in, in the search of hoping someone someone would come someone up and, and be them. like, hey, this is not good. I will show you what is good. Let's start over and just do a new song. This is garbage. Oh, my God. And the last thing I'll say is, of course, they ended in the most obvious way they could is, you inexplicably are delivered into a jungle setting <laughs> where an alien voice asks you, can you find me? Look through the trees. Yep, yep, <laughs> and yep. It. And that's the end of the fucking song. <laughs> Jesus. That is... I love I love your interpretation of the what's good. That's so funny. <laughs> They're desperate, man. They're like, what is good? It's like, just tell to- us. We want to do it. Just tell us what's good. Oh my god, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So now we are in the top two. 
Um, my number two was actually Gummo by uh, okay. 6X99. Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> that is how one, how one would pronounce it. <laughs> and, um, and I'll tell you why it's this high up. Um, I remember all last season, I was sitting there being like, you know, there's all these mumble rappers, they're so boring, I'm being put to sleep, I want something more aggressive, I want something more, with more passion and vitriol and, and feeling, and this was that song, but it was way too much. It was like, right. it was so much that I, yeah, I was like, I was like very like physically like uncomfortable listening to the song. Um... Outside of the fact that the dude is of, you know, some sort of mixed race descent and he's using the N-word as much and as aggressively as he is, made me super uncomfortable for yeah, the song. Yeah, I neglected to say that, but... It's just... I, I have... I'm, like, very confused. It's like, I'm conflicted, but I'm, like, am I... Do I have a right to be conflicted? But I felt I, very conflicted. You know, I honestly... I think... I think it, I think you do, you it's know? It's like, he's, he's a person of color, but he's not at all African-American or black or... It's but, like... And I almost feel like even if he was, the way that he's using it is just so, like... It doesn't even sound, like, pleasing to the ear. Right. It sounds like he's just straight up, like, saying it with as much vice and aggression as possible. And my thing is, like... Like, you know, there's a point where, like, that anger is good, but, like, like you were describing, it's at the same level the whole time. Right. Like, he's at a 10 through the whole song, and he literally, the song, the, the pre-thing before the song starts, like, he does, like, a thing, and then there's, like, gunshots, and then the song actually starts. Even then, he's at a 10. And it just starts immediately at a 10, and it stays at a 10 the whole time. Right. Which, not only is it exhausting to listen to that much aggression for, like, three minutes, but it also is, like, super mundane and not really... It doesn't have depth. Right. So it manages to be somehow overwhelming, but also have no depth at all. Right. Um, and to me, it was just, like... I don't know. It was violence with no purpose, you know? Yeah. It was, like... The problem, yeah, I, it's okay, it's like, for me, if you're gonna have a good song about anger or something negative, I think it's really important to, or, it would be way more interesting if they, if the writer would get into the root of where this comes from. Right. But that's just not addressed at all. Yeah, and like, even in the lyrics, the <clears throat> lyrics are just not, the lyrics are the same shit we're always hearing from everybody, except now it's just delivered in a different way, which like... If you're going to be that aggressive and that angry, you should have something unique to say. Right. But, like, because he doesn't, it just feels like all that effort is just wasted, which is really too bad because, like, clearly he has the the, the drive to, to produce something that is aggressive, but it can't really function as a whole song. So, to me, like, the song kind of falls apart because it's just the same thing for three minutes and then you're out. Um, right. Like, you know, a good example to me is, like, bands like, you know, Glassjaw or bands like Deftones. Like, those are guys who are able, who have, like, the, the anger in their arsenal for their vocals, but they don't throw it out all the time. Right. Or, like, if they do throw it out, then at least, like, the instrumentation does something in the background to mix it up and to make the listener engaged. Right. But this song, like you say, like, the beat itself was also fairly basic. So it really didn't have, it didn't have anything to latch onto, which was so, like, it was frustrating for me because it's like, I wanted 
that amount of like that was the kind of passion that I was looking for but right. it was done in a way that was just like kind of gross and like it didn't right. feel good at all you know yeah like it, it again like I say it made me physically like I don't want to listen to this like this is just way too much mm-hmm. um so for that reason it was my number two okay um my number two is Mic Drop by BTS um really yeah wow okay because for me it's just a busy mess Mm, okay. It's an over. It's like overstimulating mess. And okay. It's like I'm trying to chill out with my drink at a party, and, so, and someone's just like flashing lights at me, <laughs> okay. like nonstop, and I'm just like, get the fuck out of here. Okay. I can't make out any of the words like at all, unless I look them up. Mm. And the hooks, the hooks themselves, like the, it's like a three note repeating hook. Yeah. It's just like someone's poking my arm, and it just gets annoying real quick. <laughs> okay. And. There's no so for me there's like no emotion at all. It's just okay. this blah of annoying annoyance. And there are 1274 claps in the What? Song. Casio keyboard hand claps. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I keep doing these number things like I count but I don't. Dude, I was going to be like how the fuck did you there's sit there and so count many fucking hand claps? I can't stand it. So wow. the thing is, like, all the other songs on my list, like, yes, they're bad and cheesy, mm-hmm. but they're, they're, there's elements of those other songs that I like. Yeah. Or they're just so bad that I laugh and it's funny. Right. So for me, what makes what makes this beneath that is there's no redeeming enjoyable factor. Huh, okay. It's just like, I would very, I would, it's very quickly, I would just be like, change. I just can't handle it. It's actually actively annoying me. Okay. Whereas the other songs, there's elements, elements are I, I like, or it's so bad that I can laugh at it. Right. But yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, word. Yeah, I remember listening to that song and being like, it's okay. Like, I feel like that was a very much like a middle of the road song for me. Right. Like, it wasn't annoying, but I wasn't like really engaged <clears throat> with it. So I, it just kind of flew under the radar for me. Um, that's interesting though. Um, alright, and here we are with our number one worst songs that we've reviewed this season. Uh, drum roll please. Number one song, not a surprise, it's filthy. It's filthy. It's, uh, yeah, it's just a really, really horrible song. And I think it hurts even more because it's from an artist that I respect so much. Um, because Justin Timberlake is somebody that I consider to be probably the one of the creme de la creme of male pop singers working today. Right. Like, he's super talented. He puts himself with all the best producers, all the best writers. I thought he did an amazing Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Did you like it? Yeah. I, you know, I thought it was okay. I, th- I, don't, I think people are giving him a lot of shit, because, mostly because of this fucking song, because yeah. he opened the Super Bowl well, with it. Well, he has it. to. You have to open with a new thing. I know. And I get it. And, like, his whole outfit was based on Man of the Woods, which is the, the, new, the new album that he has. But I think his album, or I think his his costuming for the Super Bowl is actually pretty indicative of how this song is being treated by people versus how he thought of it when he released it. Because right. his outfit for the Super Bowl was reflective of the album, right? So it's like the idea behind the outfit it was it was like it was like cool. I'm man of the woods, so this is gonna be like a very like earthy outfit, you know? Like it's gonna be very 
REI. I'm going to be, you know, the dude that's trekking through the hills and I'm going to be very with the earth. The problem with that is that because it's literally just a landscape picture that was printed onto a jacket and a set of pants, the problem is on the top you've got the sky, you've got the mountains, so you've got some color differentiation, but then in the pants it's literally just dirt. Right. So it just looks like fucking brown, muddled, who knows what. Right. And when it translates onto a TV screen, it doesn't look like fucking anything, dude. The only reason why I knew what that was is because I had just bought the single and I saw what the album art looked like and I was like, oh, he's probably trying to do it off of the album cover. Yeah. But I bet you like almost nobody that saw that halftime show knew that. So when they were looking at his outfit, they're just like, what the fuck is he wearing? Like, this is Justin fucking Timberlake, like, one of the biggest male pop singers working. Like, why is he wearing, like, essentially what looks like, you know, muddied up weirdo clothing, (laughs) you know? And, and, And again, it's like, I get what he's going for, but I think that the misguidedness with that outfit choice is pretty much exactly... His misguidedness with this whole new album that well, he's putting in. It's muddy, it's filthy. It well yeah, but it's fucking filthy to the point where I can't even see anything because there's too much dirt and grime on it. Right. Like uh, like you 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 talked about it a lot, you know, with the beat being very wubby. Um, not really having much of a melody outside of the bass, but the bass is kind of buried, so it's hard to hear unless if you're really, really paying attention to it. Um and his vocal performance is all over the place, which yeah. is, again, very surprising for somebody of his caliber. Right. Like, you'd think that he would be doing much more of a, of a concentrated effort to, to bring the most out of his vocals, especially for a song that he's leading the album with. But it just comes across as weird and confused and without a purpose or direction. Um, I think, like, I mean, compare, comparing this one to Gummo, which were my top two... I think that this one is pro- is almost unlistenable for me, right. um, just because of how little is actually going on in the song. Um, on top of that, you have the the lines that you were talking about, the fucking the dad jokes, which I wrote one down because I heard it. I heard it when I was re-listening to the song, and I was like, I gotta remember this shit. He literally says the line, "What you gonna do with all that meat?" Yeah, he does. That like, yeah. like. Is he referring to his dick? Or is he referring to, like, the, no, the, the female form's booty meat? Is he referring to... The female. Fucking, like, what... But what kind of a line is that? <laughs> like, how is that going to woo somebody of the opposite gender? Or even of the same gender? Um, how is it going to woo anybody? They have a lot of meat that he likes. They just... Okay. Yo, like, like imagine, like, me going into a club and being like, hey, listen, um... You have a lot of meat and I like it. <laughs> yeah. And I like it. You have a lot of meat and I like it. Like... Can, can we mix meat right now? Can we... Can I have some of your meat yeah. on a platter at my at my? At what my you gonna foyer? do with all that beast? Can, can I cage it? Question mark? Whatever that means. And then can I skin it and take the meat from it yeah. and then use that? Yeah. It's just, like, like for me anyway, like, nothing about that song works. Like, everything works against it. It's awkward as fuck. And then you've got the outro, which we've already talked about that. 
right. as much as we need to. But yeah, it's just a total, a to- it's a total surprise, and it almost feels like a betrayal to me. It's a betrayal. By somebody that I expected to put you on. You feel betrayed. I do, I do. You trusted him, and he, he betrayed you. Like, I fucking, like, when we were doing yeah. that episode, I was like, oh, a new Justin Timberlake song, fuck yeah, let's see what he's I got. I I was looking forward to it. And I was like, what the it. fuck is this yeah. shit? Like, I was so, I was shocked. I was shocked at the quality of it. Yeah. Um, so anyway... I'll cut my rant short there, but that was uh, that was my number one worst. Mine, track. mine will be brief. You you got this long rant. And <laughs> Sorry, no, Sorry, I got no, excited. No, I, I, it's <coughs> exactly how I planned it. Was um, I bet Seth is going to ramble on. So he's going to ramble this. on the first one, and mine's going to be this nice count- counterpoint. <laughs> So my, what, number, so was my number one worst song is "Pills and Automobiles." Okay, that's your number one. Shit. This is all I will say, and then we'll cut to the next segment. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear. Okay, so just this is it. All right, so listen up, and we're going to cut to the next segment. Okay. The chorus slash hook <laughs> is him awkward, dry voicing way. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> and it's five minutes long. Yep. There you go. <laughs> That's it. That's what more do you need to say? <laughs> I mean, god damn. I know that song actually was going to be higher, but there were a couple other ones that took personal that I took personal offense at. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, it's just a fucking yeah, I agree. Five minutes of wet. Five minutes of dry wet, not even moist wet. Awkward dry voicing the word wet. <laughs> For five minutes. And that's all you got. I could say shit about other things, but no. Yeah. It doesn't deserve any more airtime. I agree. Um, and with that, um, let's cut to a quick intermission here. Yes. And uh, collect ourselves, and we will be back with the best of... Season two. Season two. Yeah. We'll be right back. <laughs> I forgot what what season is it? Oh, Welcome to intermission. Yeah, intermission. quick that was great this is very efficient yes. um cool so let's talk about uh we'll flip to the other side of the spectrum and take these a little bit cheerier chipper chipperer is that a chippier chippier no uh, i don't either and we're gonna talk about our top five best songs of season two bam um I went first last time for worst. Okay. So, would you like to start with your honorable mentions this time around? Uh, do you have any honorable mentions? I do, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, so... Okay, my honorable mention <laughs> is Wolves. 
Well, I mean, at least it's an honorable mention. If it was an actual one, I would have felt bad. So, but why did you like it? I, I like okay the beginning slash the verses mm-hmm. of the song. I like the chord and the melody a lot, and her vocal delivery. There's like a youthful excitement of first love or like first love slash sexual experience. Okay, and it was fucking you know I mean paired with the melody and the guitar really well and I enjoyed it okay and her I felt like her voice captured that like coming of age innocent transition from innocence to experience really good and um everything else was kind of cheesy and funny <laughs> as you very much detailed <laughs> But it made me laugh, so it's like sorry to. It's like I am. I embrace. I embrace the more like well executed, sincere vibe of the verses in the beginning. Like that brings me enjoyment. But then the over the top choruses. I also enjoy them for. It's like I enjoy the whole song, but for different reasons. Like part of it is like oh, like that kind of gets me, and I like it. Yeah. But then I enjoy the other part for a totally different reason. Like wow, this is cheesy and funny. So, you know, I'm, I'm I'm with it. There's different reasons for my enjoyment, but overall, I enjoy the whole thing. Oh, I can laugh at it, and I can be like, "Oh, that's nice." Well, that's nice. Yeah. Um. So, are we doing all of our honorable mentions right now, or are we just going one at a time? Do you only have one, or do you have multiple? Uh. I had that one. My only other one was going to be "Love" by Kendrick. Oh, okay. Okay. Um. It's one of his quote-unquote weaker tracks on that record, mm. in my opinion. Okay. But I love the hook, and yeah. the lyrics are, at times, okay. Okay. I could give a more detailed critique, but there's a few lines, at the very least, that make me think and reflect, and I like that. Cool. So That's awesome, yeah. man. Um, well, I had three honorable mentions, but I'm going to be super brief about them. Um... First, my first honorable mention was All the Stars, which is Kendrick and SZA. Um, I actually, listening back to it, I really like the vibe that the chorus has. Yeah. Um, and I like yeah. kind of the way it feels sort of dreamy and kind of kind of spacey. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, SZA's vocals are great and add a lot to it. Even though the lyrics don't really line up between the verses and the choruses, um, I think that the instruments coupled with the chorus does a really good job of just creating a, a nice atmosphere and a sonic landscape so I like that um, the second one is actually Call It What You Want by Taylor Swift mm-hmm. um, because again you know I think it's probably out of all the Taylor Swift songs we've heard this this podcast which this is the fourth one we've heard which is a lot of Taylor Swift but I will say that this is probably the most sincere and genuine that she's sounded on any songs that we've yeah. heard by her. I agree. Um, she really sounds like she's talking about somebody that she knows. And, you know, there's certain details in there that really sound like she cares about what she's talking about, which to me was cool. It was cool to hear Taylor Swift actually talk about something that sounded like she cared about genuinely. Yeah. Um, and that coupled with the instrumentation, it was really nice and dreamy and kind of chill. And I liked it. Um... My third honorable mention is Marry Me, um, which I'm actually embarrassingly blanking the name of who did it. 
Um, but it was the song about the guy who's at the wedding, but then you find out that he's yeah. not marrying the chick. Yeah. Um, I like that just lyrically, but also it's, um, the instrumentation is like, it's very, it starts out, it has a way of sounding hopeful at the beginning, but then like, it's sort of like melancholy and sad when you realize what it's about. And I like the way that it's kind of transformative like that. Right. Um, like it can either sound hopeful or, or sad depending on, you know, what what way you're seeing it at any given time in the narrative, and I liked that. I liked that it was a little bit subversive with its uh, with its topic because a lot of the times you know you hear country songs that are like, oh yeah, like we're gonna be married, it's gonna be great. But then this was like the first time I'd ever heard like a big song in the top forty being like, yeah, I kind of fucked up and like I'm not getting the girl. So it was cool. It was cool to see a very different point of view of that. So those are my honorable mentions. Cool. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> my number five was in your mentions. Okay. It's uh, Call It What You Want by Taylor Swift. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so there's like a, okay, there's a thick club slow dance wave of reflection and pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like how it meshed with her, you know, standard Candy Coated Taylor voice. Mm-hmm. And but ultimately the song to me was about the healing power of love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I enjoyed that, and I liked the layers. I liked the there's like a saw wave synth sound. I don't, it sounds like a distorted guitar. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, yeah. So ultimately, I just feel like all of the above I described was crafted well, mm-hmm. and it's and it stayed within that arena, and it sounded as you mentioned more sincere than most of her songs do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, yeah, I could go on, but just props to Taylor. Yeah. I, I enjoyed that one. Yeah, me too. I remember when we heard that on the podcast, and we were both kind of surprised at how much we liked it. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, at the end of the day, Taylor Swift is, is a very good pop singer. Mm-hmm. And I think that when you give her, whether she wrote it or whether someone else helped her write it, like, when you give her the right thing to sing about, like, she can totally sell it. For sure. Right. Um, again, I think that part of that is just her being being more genuine. You know, like this song felt way more like who she is as a as a, like a person. You know, whatever that person is. <laughs> um, it, but it sounded like she was at least singing from a real place. Mm-hmm. You know, so I agree with you. Um, cool, man. Well. Um, Let's see. My my number five on the other end of the spectrum is Roll in Peace by Kodak Black. Um, you remember that song? I do. Okay. That was, yeah, that was close. Um, yeah, and the reason why I liked it is because it kind of took... It took the the, the kind of common mumble rap beat, but it amplified the subs, and Kodak Black's delivery was hilarious and just was had so much character to it. And it wasn't afraid to not take itself super seriously, <clears throat> which I think was a, a huge sell for me. Like, his whole, like, he kind of sounds whiny <laughs> when he raps, and he kind of sounds like, you know, like he's, like, literally the chorus, he's just like, my friend believes in Jesus, but he doesn't even have a Jesus piece, which, like, we were talking about that, and that's just, like, right. to me, that's such a funny-ass line, because it's, like, him being, like... It's either it's either him saying he believes in Jesus but he doesn't wear a cross, or he's saying he believes in Jesus but he doesn't have even have like a bong with Jesus on it, 
Which right. either way is pretty hilarious to me. Um, because it either means that he believes in Jesus, but he doesn't have the wealth to back it up, or he believes in Jesus, but he doesn't have the, uh, the illicit goods to back it up, which both ways is hilarious. Um, and you know, Tentacion on it is actually a pretty good feature, I thought. Um, I thought that he added a good amount to, the, to his presence on the track. It was a little bit darker. Um, and it really, like, it really sank back into those subs that were coming out in the track. Um, again, really surprising. I, I didn't think going into this song that it'd be interesting at all, but then hearing it was like, oh yeah, this is really something different and cool. Mm. So, yeah, that was it for me. Cool. Um, well, my number four is Finesse. Cool. By, uh... The, the Grammy man. The Grammy man. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking six Grammys. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking slaying um, it at the Grammys. So, I got a little bit of shade. I'm like, I throw some shade in my compliments because I have some gripes, but I, I like Uh-oh. it, but I have gripes. Okay. So, the album progresses from 80s MJ ripoff. <laughs> To now, 90s MJ ripoff. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-da. So, <laughs> I feel like it's got... It's great for great, great production, great layers. Um, they have, you know, all of the sounds and tones, like percussive and mm-hmm. synth-wise, give that retro feel of the 90s. Yeah. Super tight, super pro harmonies and singing and all that. Yeah. Um... It has like a danceable, sexy romance, over-the-top vibe. <laughs> yeah. That's like signature of 90s R&B. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, at the same time, it has a little bit more of this like product niche nostalgia rip-off vibe. Yeah. That I kind of don't like. But it's done so well. It's just done so well that like, if I'm in a club and I'm just like, I don't even think about that or care... I, yep. just, I would just dance and have a great time. Yeah. And and of course, Cardi B has this, her, you know, typical <laughs> charismatic sex appeal mm-hmm. that's undeniable. So, yeah. That's the one I number four. Cool. Uh, well, hilariously, that was also my number four. Cool. Um, and yeah, I mean, everything you said, um, honestly, for this one, I didn't get as much of an MJ vibe as I did the rest of his music. Um, although I did get a very, very strong Bill Bev DeVoe and or salt and Peppa vibe from this song. Um, which is funny because if you look at the, uh, the single art, they're wearing very, like, 80s, uh, rapper garb, uh, which I think was trying to evoke that, uh, which I'm totally okay with because I love both, I love that whole, that whole era of music, honestly. And, uh, to hear a throwback to that, I was just, like, pretty, pretty down. Um, yeah, I mean, honestly, I think that out of a lot of the spots that Cardi B has done in this season, especially of this podcast, I think this this is probably one of her, one of my favorite, uh, takes from her out of any of her songs, you know, be it her own songs or be it features, I think that this is probably one of my favorites of hers. Uh, just because she fits with that beat so well. Like, her vibe is super, like, 80s, early 90s. And so I think that her attitude really goes well with this beat. Mm. Um, yeah, outside of that, though, I mean, pretty much what you said. Great production. Bruno Mars's uh, vocals and his harmony selections are killing it. Um, fun hook. Super danceable. 
Don't have much else to say about it. It's cool. pretty much it. Okay, so number three. I'm excited. All the stars. Oh, okay. Okay. Wow, you ranked this high. Yeah. I'm surprised. Um, it's got that... Okay, I, I said this in the episode we reviewed it, but mm-hmm. it's like driving home after like an a lo- electronic music festival. <laughs> yeah, totally. You're on the freeway, you're alone, there's no other cars, there's like a night starred sky. Mm-hmm. It's kind of downer, but magical. Yeah. And Sizz's voice is just awesome. Yeah. Like, as usual. Yeah, It's totally. super catchy chorus and melodies. I mean, I love the strings and the layers, and I feel like Kendrick is the weakest part. And I feel like his verses, his yeah. his verses are too ambiguous and they don't match Sizz's choruses as well. Yeah. But if you just ignore the literal, like if you just ignore the actual words of his verses and you just flow with the vibe and and just dig her voice and the music and the atmosphere, super enjoyable track for sure. So, um, and you know, just to add on to that, I really feel like this is Sizz's song. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. it's hers to own. Like, I feel like Kendrick is a feature on a SZA song in this one. Right. Um, just because, yeah, like, his vocals are kind of, like I said, you know, his vocals are sort of doing their own thing. And they even have their own, like, topic they're talking about. But SZA's really driving home. She's bringing home the bacon in this song. For sure. Undeniably. Um, yeah. Well, my number three is also the SZA song. It's the weekend. Oh, okay. I know you're looking at me for putting in number three, but I'll tell you right now, it's a good song. I I really enjoy it. It was very hard. It, my I'm top super curious now. Yeah. What's, what's above that? My top three were, were very. Uh, it was. It's very much like personal opinion on this one. Right. And it was really hard to choose them because all three of them are very very like they're like microscopically close to me. Right. Um, but the reason why the weekend was in the middle is because it has, I think that, I think that, uh, Love Galore, I actually preferred more than the weekend. Yeah, me too. Um, and the reason why is because I feel like it just had a little bit more of that pulse in it. Mm -hmm. Like it had a little bit more life. Um, the weekend is a great song, but it's a little too chill to be a real banger in my opinion. Um, now that being said, of course, the production is phenomenal in the song. Sizz's voice is also just paints this this awesome portrait of this situation that's going on, where she's you know the side chick, but she wants to be more. And it's just uh, it's a really great it's a it's a very great narrative, especially to hear from an artist who is so kind of up and coming in her case. Uh, which hopefully, now that the Grammys are done, is not the case, because she fucking destroyed her performance at the Grammys. She was probably one of the best performances of the Grammys, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and I think she did this song, right? Or did she do Love Galore? She might have done Love Galore, actually. Um, but she, yeah. I mean, I really, I really hope, I know I put this as number three, but I really hope that her presence and her artistic vision continues more into 2018 and I really hope we see more of her like I really hope she puts out another album and just continues to explore what she was doing on Control and I really hope that she continues to create and like explore those boundaries because she's doing some really really cool stuff 
and it's it's I think she's probably one of the top R&B artists that's you know that's working right now in my opinion yeah um, you know, Rhapsody is also really good, but SZA's just got a little bit more of that vision, so I think that she's kind of got a one-up on her, so, yeah, man, number three spot. Cool, dude. Cool, dude. Um, okay. <laughs> cool, dude. Uh, my number two is uh-huh. Lemon by Nerd. Okay, okay. Um, I just, I love the bouncy bass, and it's, like, synced with this drum, like, this high-pitched marimba synth drum thing. Yeah. Catchy-ass repeating phrases, bouncing around, bouncing around. Um, I love how they sample that. It's got this old-school vibe. Mm-hmm. I could fucking drink and chill to this all night. <laughs> all night. Um, I, I was about to just start repeating other phrases, like, bouncing, like, that's all that's all biting speakers in the face that's all biting um, speakers in the face yeah but really what I'm getting at is it was catchy and it made me want to dance yeah like a lot yeah and that goes that goes a long way for me if, it if, made me want to go hardball on the if, dance floor if, if it's catchy and it really makes me want to dance that's like so many brownie points mm-hmm. and I don't give a fuck about anything else other than it's catchy and I want to dance. You want to bounce around? So, yeah. Cool, man. Um, well, my number two is a song that you will probably find surprising. Um, oh, shit. I think I'm feeling this Cobra, dude. Oh, I've been feeling it for a while. How far are you down? Not that far. Ooh, yeah, me neither. Um, I'm yeah, like, I'm feeling this I'm shit, I'm like dude. Two, two-thirds. Down. Ooh, it's going to be a good night. Yeah. Uh, because Cobra's strong. So we're like two thirds into the Cobra, but then the shot in addition yep. is like, yep, just letting the emotions flow yeah. out. This is the, this is when we get the best stuff though on the podcast. <laughs> I'm saying that behind the scenes, but also on the scene. So, um, so my number two is probably a little surprising to on you. On the stage in front of the audience, bro. Just, I gotta bear my bear my heart to the crowd, bro. Okay. Yeah. Um, my number two is Skywalking by Miguel. Yeah, I know. Did you hear that physical movement of when Josh recoiled in terror? I know. My number two is Skywalking by Miguel. Oh. <laughs> now let me fucking tell you why. Oh. Hold on. Put oh. your put your shoulders back in position, motherfucker. Let me tell you. What the fuck? Why, why are you fucking so mad, dude? Just surprised. I'm You're mad. You mad, bro. Okay, so here's the thing is that... <laughs> number two. Yeah, number above- two. Above... Above okay. the weekend, yes. Right. Um, and I know it's probably most of you listening are gonna be like, "What the fuck? She was nominated for a Grammy, you asshole!" I know, I get it, I get it. But the reason why it's so high is because it does so many things within the song itself. I, I get the fact that that SZA as an artist is probably better. She does a lot more things throughout her album that are more. Uh, narratively interesting that are more representative of a theme they do a lot more artistic uh, they go outside of their limits but within this one song dude this song fucking creates this awesome space and I can't really I mean I, I'm going to try to describe it but um, it just creates this this magical almost kind of like transcendent sort of vibe of just like floating 
the way that the the way that the synths are going, the way that, that melody goes, the way that Miguel's vocals and that chorus they kind of drift around and they like unexpectedly go up to that high part during the chorus. Um, the way that Travis Scott kind of sneaks in there and just adds so much more with his verse, um, it just creates this vibe that is undeniable to me. Like, when I was listening to this song just walking around L.A., it's just such a cool vibe. It's so unique, and I, you know, I we, we heard this song in the midst of, like, three or four Christmas songs yeah, during this episode, yeah. and immediately, like, it just caught my attention because of, like, how well it was doing what it set out to do. Um, there was another song, aka uh, a certain Justin Timberlake song, that was trying to do a, 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 a trippy thing with its outro, but this song accomplished that so much better, and did it so much more in a way that was narratively in tune with what was happening with the lyrics, because the song is basically about like getting high with your buds, and being like, fuck the haters, I'm just gonna get high and do my thing. <coughs> Whoa. Okay, you okay, everybody? You okay? I know it's a very surprising pick. I know it's it's hard to, it's hard to stomach, but uh, <laughs> sorry. Um, but it just it creates such a cool vibe, and it's it's really hard for me to place another song on this list that does it better, other than my number one pick. Um, it's just such a cool a cool effect that it has. You know, everything is working in perfect unison with itself um, in this track. And it's, it's kind of unexpected. You know, I didn't think this was going to be my number two pick. And again, you know, my, my three, two, one are very close. Um, but it was just... Uh, it stuck with me, man. You know, I was listening to, I was listening to it even outside of... Uh, reviewing it, I would, like, put it on just because I like to hear it, you know? I was like, hey, have you guys... Like, I'd be talking to <laughs> friends, and I'd be like, have you heard this song? It's really cool. You should check it out. Um, so it just had an effect on me that was uh, much more impacting than I expected. And for that okay. reason, it was uh, it's my number two pick. Well. <laughs> oh, shit. Number one. Drum roll. Thanks. I'm happy for you, Seth. I'm happy for you how much you enjoy the song. Thank you. Thank you. I hope my I, I express that My number well. one, I've already given it away. It's obviously The weekend. Yep. Is, <laughs> it's, you can't... That's what I expected. Okay. It's a super calm, sexy, slow dance vibes going on. Mm -hmm. And I fucking... I love the tone of everything. I love the tone of yeah. the hi-hat, yeah. the snare, the bass drum. There's this low fucking intense synth bass and it's like really well contrasted with this sharp high-end snap thing going on mm, yeah and just I so I love the atmosphere I love the music and then number one I just I love Sizz's voice it's just I can't get oh, around yeah. it it's just there's this like passionate desperate sensual yeah, yeah vibe yeah. going on and it's like fucking I love that shit and, yeah and the lyrics like the way she sings, I'll just keep him satisfied. Mm. There's a, it's like this possessive sexual thing, yeah. but there's this selfless love thing too. It's like mm -hmm. just her being happy or turned on to turn someone else on. It's just beautiful, right? And then, yeah. of course, there's the uh, repeated obvious metaphor of she's the weekend, 
and the other girls the nine to five. That's just right. like it's so simple, but it's like so effective. Yeah, it's so good, so good. <laughs> She's the fucking weekend, man. Yeah, man. And that's what it's like. That's all you really want and need. She's yeah. the weekend. The other girl's the nine to five. You gotta yeah. fucking dump that shit. It just brings it eats your soul away. <laughs> eats your soul away. It does. And you know, I think that I think that's something else that's interesting about this song is it really gives light to I'm sure how a lot of girls feel about about dudes that they're dating, you know? Right. Uh, and I think that that's something that like culturally like happens a lot in relationships. Like there's probably people who are who are polyamorous that have like their weekend girls and they have their nine to five girls like I'm sure that's something that happens and uh, it's it's cool to hear that perspective you know because because we've never heard that perspective before really right you hear songs about like ooh you're dating this girl but you're thinking about me so you should get with me but this is a song that's straight up like I'll share him but like he probably likes me more because I'm better Right. <laughs> well, but it's yeah. it's deeper it's, than that. It's the though. same. It's the same thing, in my opinion. Both scenarios that you said. Yeah. It's just one they actually get together, and one day they they don't get together. Right. But just that there's this undeniable love and chemistry that probably should happen, but they're too scared or they're too involved with the other 9 to 5 thing. Right. Or the more sad interpretation is that they genuine the the person genuinely would prefer to stay with their 9 to 5, but they spice it up. And for them it's just spicing it up, but for that person it's like a very special important, meaningful thing. Yeah, and I mean it's <clears throat> the song is cool because you can really take it. The dude's perspective almost doesn't matter because <laughs> no, no, it's from no. it's from her perspective. But it's interesting to think about whether or not you can inflect off of what she's saying if the guy like how the guy feels. Right. Because she she drops enough hints that if you looked into it, you could probably figure out like whether the guy is actually into her or into the nine to five. But this is very much like her talking to the other chick in the relationship. Right. Which is really interesting to me. Right. Because you don't... I mean, you basically never hear that. It's always like the girl either talking to themselves, talking to an audience, or talking to the guy. But you never hear the girl talking yeah. to the other girl in the relationship. Like, that's super rare. Yeah. And it's it's ballsy. It's bold. You know? Yeah, it's rife with interpretation. It is. Possibilities. But, I mean... Just overall, every, every fucking aspect of that song works together to enhance the overall emotion and Sizzle's performance. Yeah. And her performance is fucking grade A. I yeah. I fucking love it. It's it's not even... Honestly, it's not even close to me. Mm. Like, not even close. Yeah, and I mean, you know, we saw that Grammy's performance and yeah, like, live? Like, forget about it. She's fucking killer. Yeah. Like, if she came to L.A., I'd fucking pay good money to see her live, for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't even give a fuck. I would watch a whole set. It'd be fucking awesome. You just chill and vibe. Well, anyway, um, that leaves me with my number one pick, um, which was your number two pick, which is Lemon. The truth will set you free. But first, it'll piss you off. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, the reason why this was my number one um, 
What? <laughs> First off, I'm a sucker for quirky ass hooks. Right. And this was probably the quirkiest of hooks of hooks that we heard. Yeah. I was just waiting for a song that was like, just give me something weird. Give me something super fucking strange and off kilter. And this was it. It was literally, the chorus was literally bouncing around, bouncing around, and it was like in a weird, like, like dotted quarter note vibe, and it was just glorious and delightful, and I loved it. Um, and what what was interesting to me about Lemon is it combined like the quirkiness with like weirdly deep lyrics. Like I didn't even think about the lyrics before. Before we we really started doing the the top bottom five, but looking at the lyrics of the song, it's super topical. Like it's basically like, you know, you need. It's basically talking about like current current situations and being like, you need to pick a side, you need to be on one side or the other, or you're fucked, and like you're a bad guy. And it's really, it's it's like oddly political given how goofy of a song it is and how goofy of a hook it is. Uh, but the bouncing around part almost reminds me of just like trying to find your place in the world when there's so much crazy shit happening. When like you have like your extreme polar opposite sides and you're just trying to find your place in the middle of the polar opposites. You put this deeper political spin on it. Totally. And I, I didn't, I didn't. And I totally, you know, reading the lyrics, you know, there, there's, there's stuff about like, you know, there's literally, they literally talk about like, you know, gun, gun rights, pick a side, you know, black or white, pick a side. And it's like, it's talking about these really deep issues, but it's just brushing on them so much that you understand what they're talking about, but they don't go into them deeper, because the point of the song is that the the person talking, aka Pharrell, either can't decide or doesn't want to decide, because they're like, fuck that, like, fuck being black or white. Like, I'd rather be weird and in the middle and undecided than have to choose a side. Uh, which to me is super interesting and like much deeper to such a goofy song and that's why I like it so much is because like it's it, it basically has everything that I like in a song it has the weirdness but it also has like the deeper meaning that you can draw from it the other thing it has which I'm surprised you didn't mention is a completely completely unexpected completely badass uh, guest spot which in this case is Rihanna I totally forgot to fucking talk about that Rihanna was so good yeah and and again like this is after you know the second or third bouncing around section that happens and she just comes out of nowhere and you know when you see that Rihanna's on the track you're expecting there to be a sung part you're expecting there to be some kind of like a music break that'll hit and like she'll like sing something cool but nah she just fucking raps it like she don't give a fuck she just fucking goes at it she goes way harder she, great job yeah just <clears throat> like yeah. like really proves herself as a well-rounded artist exactly you know? it's like I, you're the listener is so um used to and expecting her to sing mm-hmm. the, uh, some sort of hook that 
you just kind of don't even think that it's Rihanna doing this rap verse, and mm-hmm. it's so good. And then in the middle of it, I was like, holy fuck, is that Rihanna? Yeah. And it is. Exactly. Like, literally, I so I actually heard that song before we reviewed it. Albeit I forgot most of it because, you know, but, um, when I listened to it and that part came in, I was like, holy shit, is that Rihanna? Cause like, it sounded kind of like her. Yeah. And, uh, Eva, who was listening to it with me at the time was like, yep. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. Like, I had no idea that Rihanna could rap, (laughs) but she fucking does. And she kills that shit. Yeah. Like she has so much charisma and so much like just like ballsiness in her performance dude and it totally comes out of nowhere like you're expecting her to like you know you're expecting the song to morph into something but it doesn't it just stays in that same vein and she's just fucking balling it up throwing up middle fingers she doesn't give a shit what you think um and that and again that's why I really like the song is because it's super unpredictable but it does unpredictable in the best way possible um, which to me is actually why it's funny because my top and my bottom tracks, if you want to get really deep in it, my top, my top and my bottom tracks are the, where they are because of the same reason before like the best and the worst versions of that reason. Like Justin Timberlake, like gave me something unexpected and I fucking hated it. Mm. Because he gave me something unexpectedly bad. Like, I was expecting... Right. I was expecting a good song from him, and he gave me something that was super fucking weird and not good and didn't just line up with anything. Right. Meanwhile, you've got Nerd, who haven't put out a song in, like, almost a decade, and they come out Man. with a new single, and it's a fucking banger. And not only that, but you've got Rihanna on the track who isn't singing, and she kills it. Right. So, to me, I mean, that was what, you know, it seemed like there was a synchronicity that lined up with me. And um, that was pretty much the reason why it was my number one, man. Is because it it brought me something unexpected, but it did it in such a, uh, in such a way that I couldn't ignore it. So, and I mean, that's, I think that's why I picked it over, uh, over SZA. Is because SZA was good, but I was kind of expecting that out of her. Right. After hearing Love Galore, I was like, oh, she's probably going to give me another awesome R&B better. <clears throat> and she did. But Nerd just totally came out of nowhere and just fucking blew away all my expectations. Okay. So that's my argument. I won't, I won't fight you on it. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are at the bottom of our King Cobras, for better or for worse. I am... Good lord. I'm I'm probably the most drunk I've been on this podcast. Right really? Now. Yeah. Even more than old English? Yeah. Like Oh shit. King Cobra is almost as strong as that. Really? It's almost as strong. But, oh, you shouldn't have told but, me that. But we also did the shot of uh, honey deck candles. Oh my god. <laughs> so, excuse me. <laughs> so, I am I'm like slightly more drunk than the old English episode and I'm like you feeling it? Not, uh, yeah, I'm feeling it. Shit. Yeah. Well, hey, um, this is, this is the end of the episode. This is the end of our top five, bottom five. We made it, Josh. <laughs> we, made it. we made it. through two episodes of this shit. There's two seasons of this shit. Holy shit. Um, 
everybody who's listening at home, thank you so much for your listens and your support. Um, it really means a lot to us to to fucking open up Spotify and be like, holy shit, there's like a hundred people a week listening to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? So thank you for that. It really means everything to us. Um, if you like us, you can support us at Patreon. Uh, you can give however much you want a month and we will be able to buy 40s and do other cool shit with the podcast. So keep that in mind. Um, of course you don't have to and you can just keep listening to us and that's fine. We'll, we'll love you anyway. Um, but (laughs) we're a little drunk right now. So, um, Josh, is there anything that you want to say to the fans while we're here? On the eve of our, the end uh, of our second season? No, just, we love you and, you know, keep chilling out to the tunes that make you happy, so. That's right. And I mean, you know, if there were songs that we put in our bottom or top five and you disagree with us, that's totally fine. You're free to listen to and enjoy whatever you want. Yeah. Um, we started this podcast because neither of us really listen to pop music all that much. But um, we've learned a lot, and we've learned that music can surprise us and uh, make us think about shit that we wouldn't have thought about normally, and not necessarily being a genre that we would listen to normally. So if you, yeah. you know, if you've learned anything with this podcast, try try new things, try different things, try new things, because and you never know what you might latch onto. And even even sad music or or non quote unquote happy music. It can bring you a certain comfort that makes you happy. That's right. I realized that today. I was listening. I was listening to a few songs, and I was like, "They're not happy songs, but I relate to them so much, and I feel like this kinship with them that mm-hmm. I feel at peace with my life." Was so, it those Bob Dylan songs? There's a couple of those, yeah. Shit, and a couple other songs. So me and Josh were talking earlier before yeah. the podcast, and we were getting the 40s, and uh, Josh <clears> said <throat> that he was listening to a Bob Dylan album. What album was that? Uh, Bring it all home. Bring it all back home. It's the one with Tambourine Man. Yeah, a couple other, couple yeah. other good tracks on it. Um, I was re-listening to some Bjork because Bjork is just lovely. And, um, you know, I think that's the end, at the end of the day, what we're trying to get at with this podcast is, you know, if you, if you don't listen to pop music, try listening to some songs. You never know what you might like. Right. You know, there's some good shit out on the radio, amazingly. (laughs) And, um, you never know until you listen. So give it a shot. See what you think. Um, but also give us a shot. Along with the helicopter, <laughs> I know. I'm a shout out to that wink. Shout out to that helicopter. Yeah. Um, I know we're recording inside, but the helicopter's fucking loud. Anyway, uh, we're both a little drunk. I yeah. can tell by how much Josh is nodding over here. It's half drunk. <laughs> it's like half drunkenness. It's half drunkenness and half like. Let's wrap it up. I'm going to go pee again. Ah, uh, shit. Okay. Well, I guess we'll wrap this up. Um, well, hey, we're going to be back with season three in probably next week. Yeah. Um, now that we're back on schedule. So tune in next week for more exciting Top 40 coverage. There's plenty of songs that are on the Top 40 that we haven't done yet, including a new Drake song, I hear. Ooh. So if we uh, are actually dutiful with our job, then we, we will get on that shit. Cool. 
Uh, anyway, I'm Seth. I'm Josh. And you guys are the best. Thank you so much for listening through 20 plus episodes of us fucking being drunk and talking to you. Um, have a lovely night or day, depending on when you're listening to this. And uh, we will see you next, On the flip side Next season Yeah Cheers Cheers Oh yeah